Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Who's Got Next Game, a video game podcast. Uh, my name is Connor. Here with me is, as always, Ty. What's up? And Charles. What it do? And today we do have a very, I would say, interesting topic. We're going to be talking about something that I don't think too many people bring up or talk about, but it's something that if you do play video games, you interact with all the time. Uh, Ty, what are we going to be talking about today? So I think it's the main thing that, um, I mean, people discuss it, but I don't think it gets a lot of attention. And I think it's kind of now brought up more often. Um, We're going to be talking about video game controllers and kind of how they've gone through different eras and different like changes and just just kind of talking about the different types of controllers there are um we've been looking through some stuff some online articles and all that kind of stuff and just looking through a bunch of different things and like there's controllers on here that i have never seen before and like i play a lot of video games and i know a lot about you know video game history but like there are some on here that i have never interacted with before and i know that charles Charles said the same yeah and and not to mention for clarification's sake here, some of these controllers were made when our parents were getting born. 1972 was mm-hmm. the first recorded rec- controller. That's that's wild. Anyways, yeah. I mean that's that's it, I, three I mean, years that, after my dad. It, I mean, was it's born. A, it's. I would say it's allegedly because there probably were other consoles during that time. Because I know the Magnavox Odyssey was not the first gaming gaming like handheld controller i don't remember what was but i know there is something before that i just don't remember but anyway um charles a little bit with your experience in regards to like controllers because i know you mainly played on computer so i don't really know entirely your history with controllers like i know we talked about in the first episode that you did play some console stuff but like Mm -hmm. i pretty much known you as a computer game player so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not too different. Most computer games usually follow the same style: WASD for movement, and then you got a mouse. Um, Can you explain com- WASD for people who don't really have yeah. reference to it? Yeah, for those that don't understand, on your keyboard you have WASD. That is standard movement controls for most games, um, first-person shooter games especially. W is your forward. A is your strafe left. S is your move backwards and to use your straight right. Um, this They're is essentially the arrow keys on yeah. your regular computer. Yeah. Now there's some professionals. I will say that use other keys. Mm-hmm. It's just basics on what's familiar, what's ergonomically preferenced and personal preference. Yeah. Yeah. But no, for a general sense, WASD are the main controllers, movement controllers while your mouse is the aiming controller. Mm-hmm. in a first person sense on a pc um there's other games like league of legends that use uh the q w e r keys for different abilities um and there's other games that i've seen utilize left side of the of the keyboard and right side of the keyboard depending if you have a number pad or not so a lot of the controllers for pc are pretty standard to wasd some q w e r and other than that you have consoles which are pretty standard Going across the board, you got nowadays just Xbox and PlayStation. Now you have some Wii and yeah. some additional Nintendo uh, consoles as well. But for standard, most of them are buttons and uh, analog sticks or joysticks. Yeah. 
Well, and like, so you have experience, I think, in both, but I think your mm-hmm. main, I think the one you have the most experience would probably be PC. That's probably the one you put the most hours into. I would say PC. I've had my fair share between Xbox and PlayStation controllers growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm finding myself more or less these days playing on PlayStation. That's more or less what I'm comfortable with. Um, just because yeah. I feel like the ergonomics and just the control just feels right it feels natural but yeah no i've had a lot of experience playing both pc um, and console growing up i just feel like pc is from a technological standpoint it leaves you for a lot more modification you can adjust how fast you move your mouse dpi settings um you can adjust key binds on your keyboard there's just different modifications that you can make specific to your own liking depending on the game that you'd like or the game that you play as well mm-hmm. so yeah and, and, for, and for that for that reason i would say pcs more relatable for people to use yeah Connor, I I think of all of us as the filthy casual, you probably haven't heard a lot of these controllers before. Just going through the list that we gave to you. Well, the list that was given to me, if you guys want to follow along uh, at home, uh, it's literally Wikipedia list of game controllers. Uh, It's super hard to find. Uh, You guys probably won't find it, but if you do. Uh, But actually, looking at some of these controllers, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with quite a few, like... Okay. For me, the one that probably I got first was the DualShock 2 with the PlayStation 2, just because that was my first ever console console. Before that, it would probably be uh, the controls on any uh, Game Boy or Nintendo DS, you know, A, B uh, for mm-hmm. DS, Y, X, and then, you know, LR bumpers and, you know, the D-pad. So yeah. for me, the DualShock 2 was the first I ever had, but I also did have the... Um, the Xbox, the regular old Xbox 360 controller, just because I had the 360. And for me, that's probably the one that I have the most uh, nostalgia and just fondness for, just because I, I like the more chunky feel of the Xbox controller rather than the the PlayStation, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think with like, I think just all three of us having different types of consoles, playing different games and all that type of stuff. Our preferences are very different. I mean, I have my opinions about, I mean, the most familiar controller to me is the GameCube controller and the NES controller. Those are the most familiar to me. Key uh, mouse and keyboard has been a tough adjustment because I've been playing on a controller for so long, but I've been trying to play some PC games and learn how to like, you know, utilize the movement in a different way and understand, you know, that way. And I mean, I stretch your fingers a little bit, huh? Well, to a degree, but it's also (laughs) like, cause right handed for me is how I push the buttons because that's the controller layout, but like pushing buttons with my left hand, I'm not familiar with because I'm using a stick with my left hand. So it's like, like retraining your brain to like, Oh, this, this is how we move left handed. And this is how you move the camera right handed. So it it like it plays with your brain a little bit because you're like, oh, well, now like your buttons are completely flipped. So it's it's just an interesting dynamic. And like 
People have been become very creative with the controllers that have come out over the years. And I think we're kind of just going to go through the list of them and talk about which controllers we have experiences with, the ones that we like, the ones that, you know, we want to try, the ones that we think are the worst, like all that kind of stuff. And we'll talk about like first party versus third party and, and all that other stuff, too. So, I mean, just diving into our list, like. The one that already sticks out to me, like the Atari stick, I think is like the. That's grandfather of controllers. Like, oh, yeah, that's, that's where it this. started. Everyone's seen this kind of controller, whether it's at a standard arcade, if you go at the mall or whatever. Or if you have like the old school plug into your TV with the uh, plug and play. Yeah. Yeah. The video cords, the red, yellow, white cords. Yep. It's the one that, Im- that's staple. It's the one immediately that you look at and there's not that much to decipher it. There's a button and there's a joystick. If you can't figure that out, you shouldn't be playing video games. <laughs> yeah. So I think the cool thing for me, like. I've actually gotten to play a bunch of Atari games with uh, a couple friends of mine that I have out here who one of them, he owns a game store. So it's really cool to be able to see like all the stuff that he gets in and all that. But like the other guy who's like a really good friend of his, he's a multiple world record holder in Atari games. So he's like, that's his favorite controller. He's super familiar with it. He He's like really good with it. And so like being able to play those games and use the Atari controller like my dad was showing me like as a kid, like how to use the Atari controller. And like, he was showing me like river raid and uh, what was the other one? I don't know. There's some Indiana Jones style game. I forget the name, but like, you're like a, um, you're like a dude searching for treasure. You have to jump or pitfall. That's it. Ooh. But yeah, that's um, at least for me, I think arcade sticks before that inspired what made the Atari what it is so like the arcade sticks when you were in the arcades playing games and stuff and you had the stick and then you're at home and it's a familiar thing you know for those people when they buy a home console oh yeah now here's a stick okay now this is how, this is how i move this is how i shoot you know like it, it was that simplicity uh, for me if i'm ranking the atari uh, atari stick just for the history of it that's like a seven out of ten like solid it's a solid controller there's definitely flaws because it was made in the release date was 1978. So there's definitely some flaws, but, but Ty, you got to think of that time frame. This was revolutionary. Like, so what I like also about the Atari is that it's something that I think I got as like a kid, like, you know, kind of a revamped one with all the games on it. But what's so cool about it is my dad was like, when we got it, he played along with me. Normally, he's not a video games type yeah. person, but he played with me because he played the Atari. And mm-hmm. for that reason, it's got to, at the very least, be an 8.5 out of 10 just because of how revolutionary it was and how it brought video games to the home. Right. Charles? I would definitely agree. It's definitely up there because the joystick was the first of its kind. It revolutionized analog sticks for controllers these days so with that being said i'd probably give it a solid eight out of ten just because piggybacking off everyone staple first of its kind you gotta give gotta give it some credit where credit's due it's worth trying just to see what it was like because like everybody has a different grip with it too 
which I found mm-hmm. interesting because there's like your, you know, your classic grip where you're like you're holding it with your left and you use your right hand on the stick and then your thumb pushes the button. I've seen other people they like. So if this is like if they have the the stick, if this is it, they stick their hand in between it and they move their hand this way and they squeeze their fingers together and then they use this finger to push the button. So they also, like use their pointer finger. Also for the people at home. Uh, yeah. Where we can see each other in the recording, and Charles did what I, I'm going to refer to as the claw, like yeah. moving it like a claw, kind of daintily mm. putting your hands on top of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's easier to do the claw if you have, like, you know, like at the arcade games, you have like the analog stick and it's got a little ball at the top. Yeah, it's okay. easier to do with that. Maybe That's not true. the Atari stick, but definitely yeah. with those. I've well, I've seen that grip be used in and like on the Atari, and somebody played that way and was really good. I forget what game it was, but like. I can't like they took their middle finger and their ring finger and they put it in between. They put the stick in between them like and like the gripped it. Yeah. And they like gripped it. And then they would use their pointer finger to push the button. And they said for them, like it was just they figured out because they could just like flick their hand and it was easier to do it rather than like having to really grip it super tight and then have to mm. use your left hand. He's like, it was just easier that way. But. We're going to move on to uh, D-pad era gaming. We don't have we're not going to go over every single controller, but we'll talk about at least the consoles from it, which I mean, we have to talk about the NES controller because that's if not my favorite controller right now. That's where we're going it's, first. It's we're going so with the, the NES one first. So NES, SNES, mm-hmm. um, I think those two kind of go hand in hand because yeah. SNES is just an NES controller with four more buttons. I I so. I agree. Yeah, the, so the I, Famicom I, I, controller is definitely. <laughs> I mean, that's. I think that's the blueprint for modern. Yeah, modern controllers. I mean, the D the D pad is what is almost standard now. Mm-hmm. In, in most games, I mean, analog stick movement is standard in in most cases, but like, there's a D pad on almost every controller. Nowadays, yeah, yeah, nowadays, and it's because of the NES and and the and the movement that you can do with it. Um, and for me, um, the NES for me, it just feels comfortable. So there's the classic NES controller, and there's one called the Dog Bone. So it's like rounded on each side, so it looks like the uh, the SNES controller, but the B and A buttons are kind of off center, so they kind of like go upward. Um. And I like that controller too. Like it feels more comfortable in your hand, but definitely like, I mean, the NES controller for me is a nine at almost nine out of 10, if not nine and a half out of 10. And so just like the simplistic layout, everybody can understand it. Like there's no complications of, you know, if you're pushing two buttons together, it's either the B and A button or the start and select. I I have to agree. I think, I think that's the, the real, like, I, I think that's the, the, the father of all modern the controllers. Because yeah, I'm looking OG. at it right now. Yeah, it's the OG. Because, again, like you said, the A and B, that's something that's, you know, still to this day, the D-pad, that's something we use. And the start and, you know, options. I, I mean, if, you, if someone came out with this today, you would think that it would be some, you know, something invented today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Although I have a different perspective on this. I I like ergonomic 
controllers. And mm. so it, I have an appreciation for controllers that feel good in your hand. The SNES, the SNES controller, although it is the first of its kind, granted, it's it's very thin. It's very thin. Yes, it is. I, I will I will say that that's one of the flaws that I have had to find a workaround for mm-hmm. uh, for my grips when I'm playing like yeah. Tetris and a couple other games. It's like it's very thin and it it was designed for kids in mind. I will say it was designed granted. for kids. Yeah. Granted, it's a, that's a that's a 33 year old controller. Yeah, that's a 30 year old controller. So with the technology presented at the time. First of its kind, it's mm-hmm. it, it was it's an awesome controller. It's just for me personally, I don't like how thin it is. So yeah. I'm going to rank it a little lower, maybe six and a half okay. for me personally. All right. Hey, Charles, it's been 40 years. That's what. Sorry, I just had like a, a real time sort of uh, conundrum because it says 1983 and that's 40 years, which is just that's wild 40, to say that wild. the 80s are 40 years now. So, yeah, even though we weren't crazy. alive back then, that just doesn't feel that because i also want to i also want to throw it in there because we talked about arcade cabinets a little bit but um uh the zappers like gun mm. games light gun games dog um, hunt those controllers not specifically just the nes one but light gun game controllers in general are super fun i highly recommend if you guys get an opportunity to go to any old school arcades like bars or something like that or anything like that that has a gun game, try it out one time. They are so fun. I I, mm-hmm. I have to agree with you. Like I, I'm trying to think. I think it's like called Countdown or something. I, I yeah, forget I what it's called, but there's one kind of like that with you know the sort of zapper, which I you know looking at it, it kind of looks like the shooting gallery one, but mm-hmm. this one seems more. I think well built and much more streamlined and yeah. it looks like the father to those gun games that you're mentioning in like arcades and yeah. Yeah. Well, my, one. my, my wife's fate, one of my wife's favorite video games of all time is big buck hunter Cabela's edition. Yup. Yup. Loves that. And she plays that every time we go to our arcade bar, we have to play that game at least once, if not twice. And I'm like, man, like, and she's good at them too, which for me, like, it's frustrating because it's like, you know, I play video games and I I feel like I can be universally good at some games, but just I cannot figure out that game to save my life. Like, I just can't figure it out. Like, I don't know what I don't know what it is about that specific game. Other than that, I'm in the clear and I'm happy giving my wife the trophy for the Cabela's big buck hunter game. She can keep that trophy. Well, uh, Charles, what do you think on that? Like good games, you any experience in it? Well, I mean, earliest experience probably goes to the, I can think of PlayStation one where it had uh duck hunt. I believe it was duck hunt was an NES. Yeah. Okay. NES. Yeah. My apologies. So, I mean, earliest experience, earliest memory is probably duck hunt mm. on the NES. But I mean, arcade games even i think it's like 007 duck hunt shooters stuff stuff like that with like the longer more accurate looking replicas of of, of guns for yeah. controllers those those are interesting just because of the technology shooting at the screen and it being fairly accurate that that mm-hmm. hasn't 
to these to this date, those are still used. Yeah. And nothing recent has been ap- like invented or well they have they have done they have done at least for the nes um they have done a upgraded model of the nes zapper that you can actually use on an hd screen because you can't so for those of you who like maybe aren't really familiar you can't use light gun games on modern tvs like there 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 have been games that have been designed for them specifically but in most cases, like I can't use my NES and I can't use like a modern console hookup that hooks up HDMI to a TV. It won't work because the way that because the way the game is designed, it essentially shuts the TV off and turns it back on. I think something it's something to do with the TV shutting off and the lighting system and the gun basically like shoots a light. And when the TV's off, it like shows where that light is. And if you hit the target on that spot, when the TV turns back on, then it drops your target or something along the lines of that. That's interesting. I, I, it it would make sense because TVs have just evolved so much, even in the last like 20 years, but yeah, definitely since, you know, I mean, that controller came out even in the last five years. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, I still, I still have my, I have my big box (laughs) TV. I got my CRT that's hundreds of years old. But hundreds for those of you that don't know, CRTs are just these massive TVs that look like just massive. They're just huge. But anyway, like they don't sit on a TV stand. They sit no. on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> um, for that, for the zapper guns, for the gun game controllers, solid, solid eight, like, like rock solid because there are some light ga- gun games that don't get the job done, but Overall, they do very definitely eight out of ten for sure. Charles, I would agree. Eight, eight out, out of ten is a great rating. All right. Um, going into the PlayStation One controller because Charles, I know you're familiar because you said that was the first one you kind very of very familiar. Yeah, you're very familiar in that in that sense. I mean, we can talk about the Sega Genesis and all that. I have some familiarity with it, but I want to jump into more like. The stuff that you know everybody kind of universally knows. I think yeah. this. So, oh, I think ahead, the, I think the Sega Genesis. Uh, I think that just missed us. I think that's uh before our time because we're all, all of us are born ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah. So we aren't too familiar with Sega Genesis. I would say so. We aren't going to comment on something that you know we aren't that familiar with. I we have I have I have a little bit of familiarity with it just because my mom and dad loved playing Sonic together when they were in college and they had a Sega Genesis. And so I have some familiarity with it, but I kind of want to just jump into like really the the meat and potatoes of the stuff that we truly know. So Charles, give us your experiences with the original PlayStation controller, how you feel about it, how you think it influenced all that kind of stuff. So PlayStation controller originally came out in 1994 before our times, but granted it was one of the first controllers that I think got it right from the get go, because you look at it, there's no analog stick, but it's got left, right, up, down buttons, got the X circle, triangle, square, and it's got the bumpers. It's got the left and right, two bumpers on the top, two bumpers on the bottom on both sides. So it's one of the controllers that kind of is like, very familiar and very it's it's a very wide used controller layout 
yeah, layout. It, it, it's what controllers nowadays look like, at least for PlayStation and Xbox. So with that being said, it's one of the earliest adaptations of controllers that I think a lot of people are comfortable with, mainly because it's something that worked. So why would you change something that works? So if you look through the list that we have, again, we're looking at the Wikipedia page for lists of game controllers, literally just that. The PlayStation 1 controller has got like the the holdings that you can place in your actual wrist. I don't know what you would call those guys. Where the the handles on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's got handles. actual handles. Yeah, it's got actual handles like grips on the controller. Something like that. I guess you can call yeah. it handle grip. So yeah. so yeah, I think the PlayStation 1 controller definitely set the expectations of what controllers look like nowadays going into the future almost 30 years later. So with that being said, I say PlayStation 1 controller solid 9.5 out of 10. It's missing the analog sticks, but granted the status, the look of it, the feel of it, first of its kind. So at least for me, PlayStation controller, the original first PlayStation controller, I have some familiarity because I played Crash Bandicoot at a friend's house all the time. And I remember the one thing I hated about the the one thing. Well, not hated. I really didn't like about the PlayStation controller was that the D pad had like depth, like the buttons felt separate. Versus like on the NES pad, it like was one fluent movement that you could just Mm. move your thumb across. And I didn't like the feeling of that. And for me, it, each it analog always, button is its own button. Yeah, because it look I don't know if it's that way, like mechanically, it could be on the inside that like you can still glide your thumb around it. But like the feeling of moving my thumb around the, the D pad on it, I didn't really like. But I do think that there was a lot of influence on this. I think they took the concept of the SNES controller and kind of vamped it up because they're like, all right, let's put 10 inputs on this instead of, you know, six or eight. Um, and plus they added the, the hand. The yeah. And they, and they, grips. they created a way for people with larger hands to feel more comfortable playing games. And I, I think that's something that you can't, yeah, you can't just it up underestimate. Too. Yeah. And, and, and they made it. Yeah. They made, they bulked it up and make it look good. I like the, the shapes um, are very clear on it. And I didn't know this, but in Japan, in like Asian countries, the circle button and the X button, you know how like when you're continuing something or you're saying yes to something, we in America always hit X. But in Japan and in Asian countries and stuff like that, they use circle. Why? Why would they? Because, why would they change because, that? Because circle means correct and then X means incorrect. Interesting. I mean, that makes sense. But like for but me, when stupid. I'm when I'm continuing when I when I'm like agreeing to something on a game, it's always the bottom button. Why would you press the right? That's one? what I'm saying. So like in our perspective, we always had the bottom button, but like in other countries and other like because I've played other games from other countries and they use circle as their yes. So like I'd be hitting a button, right I hit button. the bottom button, it would say no. And I'm like, what do you mean? No, I hit X. And then I'd look back up and I'm like, oh, so I had to do something like that. But I would say PlayStation controller seven and a half probably seven like somewhere somewhere in that range it's it's really good it got the ergonomics down 
but just the D-pad is the biggest flaw for me. Connor, uh, what about you? For me, so looking at it, PlayStation has stuck with this design, stuck with the X, circle, square, and triangle since then. So since 1994. So for almost 30 years, they've stuck with this design and with those simple buttons. And even the, the D-pad is still sort of similar like feeling wise look wise so and and the fact that it's stood the test of time since then i mean yeah you have to at least give it an an eight out of ten i i've never really played the original playstation uh it's not a system that i'm too familiar with i never knew anyone with a an original playstation but i i think i've played it you know once or twice you know just throughout my life but just for how it looks and how everything has remained the same with it, it has to be an eight. Like it's it's right. the standard bear for that mm. for the PlayStation console as a whole. All right, now awesome. elephant in the room. There's there's a controller we gotta talk about. That what I, is it I genuinely have hatred for this controller, and I think it's the worst controller ever invented. And that are is are we the thinking Nintendo's- the same thing? The Nintendo 64 controller is yep. the worst yep. controller. The pitchfork. It's, uh, pitchfork. it's so bad. It's like, so it's, bad. It, the pitchfork. It just, it, it's like, the. I understand what they were going for, and it revolutionized gaming. But also, like, it just, like, the buttons to me, just, it just doesn't feel comfortable. Like, it, it just feels odd. Like, the six-button layout, the Genesis, at least, like, had that six button layout and it felt comfortable because your thumb could glide in a certain way but like the way your hand is gripped on it you really have to like turn your wrist upward to hit that top c button or that you know or the right button on that and just i don't know the stick wasn't very comfortable like well are we going to completely ignore the elephant in the room that being the third and middle yes yeah we don't have three hands, Charles. I was I, on the same. I was about to say, why ahead, have th- why have three prongs? We don't have three hands. Like it so makes sense for two. So your friend gets control over one of the prongs or two, depending on if you really like your friend or not. Or you can let him have the control on the left or the right. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah, it just, but, but I, I'm right there with you, Charles, and saying Frank, the, the, th- the third prong doesn't make sense. Yeah. You could have easily mm-hmm. gotten rid of that and moved the buttons up like maybe a couple millimeters and you could have just gotten rid of it. Yeah. I also think that like, I mean, Frank hates that I say this. He, he's, he's a 64 fan, but like, I, I just don't think it's that good of a controller. Honestly, it's probably a five like a four or five like it's it's not great and i actually like um i forget the company's name but they make a controller called the brawler and hori also makes a controller called the the hori pad mini for the 64 and basically they're modern controllers for the nintendo 64 controller so it allows me to like play the games on 64 without using a convoluted controller so Retro Fighters is who you're talking about. That yes, brand, Retro Fighters. That company. That's it. Yes, it is. So, and also, this is not a knock on any system or any of the games on those systems. This is just no. the controllers. 
It's and the controller. They just, I think they, they dropped the ball on this one. And for me, like you said, five, I would probably give it a five. Like, it's not definitely the worst that I've seen on this list. Like, the one below it, the Space Orb 360, like, what the... What the yeah. hell is that? That looks those, like a those are those are the 10. weird those are the weird controllers. Uh, Charles, where where are you at ranking wise for those sixty four? Nintendo sixty four. You know what? I'll give it. It's the first of its kind to have both the trackpad, the D pad, up, down, left, right, and also the analog stick. It is the first of its kind. Although with the trident looking controller that it is, they missed on that. Maybe if they gave it a little bit less of a nub, I don't know. <laughs> For me personally, I'd probably give it a four out of ten. But you know I what? Will, I will say the Rumble Pack brings it up because, like, the '64 when it had the when you have the Rumble Pack plugged in with certain games, really brings you into it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, there's a couple of weird, like, uh, weird controllers like the 3DO the 3d pad for the Sega Saturn, the space orb 360 for PC, like all that kind of stuff. But I want to jump into, so the dual shock Sony PlayStation dual shock, which is basically PlayStation one to PlayStation four. They're all pretty much in that same, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're all that same controller. So Charles, I would say you're probably the most familiar Mm-hmm. In this, Connor, you're probably the next most. I really didn't have a lot of PlayStation stuff growing up. I was mostly Xbox, Switch. That was main or uh, Nintendo. That was mostly my my side. I do have my opinions on this since I've used them now, and I do own a PlayStation. But Charles, where are you at with the Dual Shock in general? And we'll talk so, about like each one, so we can kind of like mm-hmm. put them all into one big pile. So, including PS One, PS Two, PS Three, PS Four, and PS Five. Yeah. So, originally, dual dual analog controller came out in 1997, not too far after the first adaptation PlayStation controller, 1994. So, only a couple years later, they said, "Okay, all these great ideas with the." Nintendo 64 controller. It has the analog stick and it's got the the trackpad on it. So they're just like, why not we just give two of them? And there was created the dual analog controller or the DualShock controller as well. I know that they had implemented, they seen the controllers that you're like, okay, there's these grips that people use and put in their hands. What do we put in there? I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, Pretty sure the DualShock controller was the first of its kind to in, to envelop or show the vibration effect or the shaking effect of in a controller. So the six the Nintendo sixty four actually had the Rumble Pack, so it didn't have it built into the controller. You're you're saying like the built in one? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, PlayStation had, but Rumble in general, I. Th- think nintendo first took it with the rumble pack i'm not completely sure though but at least i think that's what it is but i remember having a 64 and having the rumble pack so but anyway yeah but a built-in controller straight out of the box it had the vibrations in it it had two analog sticks it had 10 digital buttons and two um toggle buttons in the back but one of the best things about this is that it was the first to have two analog sticks to analog sticks that you can click that you use actual buttons for. So PlayStation definitely stomped this one out. They, up, they and, up their game. And, 
oh yeah yeah they upped their game and i think it's interesting that the first iteration of sony's dual analog controller had a concave uh thumbsticks yeah and, and then, for those of you at home that don't know what that means is that the thumbsticks are slightly inward they so they feel like thumb. yeah they're curved to your thumb so your thumb becomes part of the joystick whereas the dual shock didn't mean to cut you off tie the dual shock is domed so the analog sticks the top of them have a little dome to it so that's what we're talking mm-hmm. about when we describe those guys so where are you at ranking wise with the the dual shock um I mean, including the PS3, basically the PS3 added uh, pressure sensitivity on the D-pad and accelerometer and gyroscope. The PlayStation 4 basically just upped the ante and went a little bit wider, has the touchpad in the middle. Um, the PS5 just basically took that and cleaned it up a little bit more and made it look a bit more like, I want to say like modern tech. Mm-hmm. So overall ranking in between from PlayStation one to PS five and the dual shock with all the upgrades and everything, all the bells and whistles, well, where are you at? I'm going to be biased and ranked it a solid nine and a half out of 10, just because I'm biased. I prefer the PlayStation uh, overview or the configuration on how that PlayStation controller is mm-hmm. with the analog stick locations. Now, some people are going to say, Oh, well, Xbox did it much better. We'll get that to that in a little bit. But for me personally, PlayStation did a bang up job and said, we're going to keep this design all the way through. I don't know if they have future intentions with future consoles, but for the time being, solid nine and a half. Connor? I can't disagree with anything he said, although Xbox, we might get into that a little bit later. But I I have to say it is a nine and a half out of ten. Um the fact that it has gone, you know, it's had multiple iterations, but it's been, it, it came out in 97. So the year that I was born and they're still using it now. So 25, almost 26 years of essentially the same layout of controller to me. I, I like the phrase, if it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that's the sort of deal. I mean, they, mm. no, I, I'm, I'm there know, with you. Um, nine and a half. So nine and a half half. out of 10. Okay. Um, Interesting fact about just the Sony PlayStation controller in general. There was a guy at Evo. I forget what fighting game it was, but he won Evo using the PlayStation one controller. Why is that? Respect. uh, I don't remember what made him win it with that controller. He was just, he was like, yeah, I'm just really familiar and comfortable with this controller. It feels comfortable. I like the grip. I like the way the buttons feel. And he found an adapter that allowed him to hook it up to his PlayStation 4 so he could play, you know, I forget what the game was. But anyway, like, I would say overall, with the add of the sticks, it definitely boosted um, their controller to a whole new level. Because for me, playing PlayStation, the PlayStation 2 games I've played uh, with Sly Cooper, Jack and Daxter, you know, all those types of games, those story-driven games. Um, going through the GTA line, like those controllers, it felt right to play those games with it. And for me, it's, it's up there for sure. It's just that D pad for me is a flaw. Like it's, it's a really big flaw for me and it's just personal (laughs) preference. That's nothing to do with the, the D pad being bad. (laughs) It's just not my personal preference with the separation of the buttons. Ah, so that's so what does it for you. It's the separate. Would you would you rather the layout 
segueing into the GameCube controller, where the analog stick and the D-pad are swapped. Is that your preference? It's not a preference. I like both of them for different reasons. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm okay with both of them. I'm not like, oh, PlayStation should have flipped them. I think if Sony would have used just a traditional D-pad and not done this like weird like gaps in between, I would feel a lot better about it. But it's a, it's a solid eight. Like solid. Okay. It's 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 okay. a good controller and I really like it. And the PlayStation 2 controller I had for a long time. And I was playing all my PlayStation 2 games that way. But I, it's just that D-pad is the biggest issue for me. So, but going into solid. our next one, um, I mean, the GameCube controller, I don't need to say anything. I think it's nine and a half out of ten. I think it's a near perfect controller. I agree. What it's makes just, it not perfect, it just, though? It felt so right. What makes it not perfect for you, Ty? Because I, I know that it's a a very near and dear uh, controller to your heart. And I, I would honestly it give it a eight and a half, nine out of ten. Because for me, I really like the C stick. And I like mm-hmm. the Y and the X buttons being right there as well. Um, but, but why, what, what makes it, I, I, I think the thing that makes it like nine and a half for me is that with PlayStation, I always had to look down where the buttons were. Cause I never knew where my thumb was in regards to like what button I had hit. And after a while, like playing with it for a while, you get a feel for everything. But like the fact that the buttons were different shapes, mm. so your thumb could go across it and you're like, Oh, this is Y, this is B, this is a, this is X. You know, it, it, it felt the right. buttons being different sizes, yeah, being different sizes and shapes like you just had a feel for where everything was. So you didn't have to take your eyes off of the game, which is something Nintendo was trying to do. They wanted your eyes on the action. So their design was, hey, let's make this controller, but let's make the buttons different shapes so that people don't have to look down. Oh, where's the B button? They can just slide their finger knowing where it's going to be based on the shape. Um, and I where where I think the flaw is again the D-pad I hate that it's so small I wish it was a tiny bit bigger Would you rather just be four separate buttons like PlayStation did no. or do you like it all no. one that whole one, one the the way the look of it is good and I can actually use it like I I still use it for some games but like if it was just a tiny bit bigger like half an inch or an inch bigger I think it would be a perfect controller for me. And going off of what you said about the different size buttons, I think that can help everyone get a feel for the controller as well. Because I I like what you said. You don't have to keep looking down. You know that the A button is the big, the big one. You know that the B button is the tiny one. Then Y and X, you know, granted you could get a little confused with that, but after practice, you're going to know what it's like. Yeah. Well, it's also the shape. And then there's the color. Like it's a big green button is the a button pretty Mm -hmm. hard to miss. If it's telling you to hit a big green button. Um, where, where are you at Charles with this controller? Where's your rank? We both said nine and a half. You know, I spent a lot of time playing GameCube, not going to lie. So GameCube definitely very familiar to me and it feels I don't know about you guys, but the left and right buttons at the very top 
just something about how they're in, engraved to your fingers so that it just fits naturally. It just feel ergonomically, it just feels really nice in the hand. It's very curved. It it's nice to hold. So the buttons and the layout and everything like that, I don't have anything wrong with that to say. Um, I would also give it a solid eight out of ten. All right. And well, and real quick, we also have to mention the sound of the L and R being hit. Like there's Ooh. nothing better. It just sounds good it's pressing crisp. the L and R. Yeah, it's it's just, crisp. Oh. So I yeah yeah just do it do it do it on camera not on camera oh we didn't hear that by the way yeah i know you guys didn't hear but you'll hear it in the recording i hope we do yeah it'll be it'll be on the episode well we'll it's it's gonna be up there but now we're gonna get to uh uh that would be microsoft yeah talk about the wing straight into the Xbox. xbox controller now i'm i'm gonna do the same thing with playstation and i'm gonna kind of compile them so we're going from original Xbox to the newest one. So the original Xbox controller, which was the Duke, that thing had some flaws because oh, was it, it's it's huge. It's made for big people. <laughs> like big, people. you got have some big hands to play that. Oh yeah, I had the Duke growing up. I had an original Xbox, and I had the Duke. And man, I, that's where I learned how to play Claw. I didn't play Claw on a GameCube at all until I played on the Xbox controller. I'm like, man, my, my, my hands are too small. Like, I can't reach the buttons. And so I had to, like, drag my fingers up. I had to use my pointer finger on top of the buttons so I could keep my thumb on the stick. And then I had to use my middle finger to hit the, contr- the, the trigger on the back. Um, then they went into the S which is just like the condensed sized and better looking version of the Xbox controller. The quote unquote smaller yeah, Duke. Which is and, S for small. And Made for normal normal sized hands. Yeah. Which Connor <laughs> and I had that I had that you, controller actually. Uh you have it. I, I well, I have it and I also um when I had my Xbox three sixty, uh I asked for a controller for Christmas and I actually got the Xbox controller S for Christmas and it was just, um, it was super nice. It was, it was nice to have the one, I mean, flaw is the plugin, but I mean, back then they didn't have wireless, but I mean, overall it was a pretty solid controller and I, I like how it, uh, simplified the original one. They, they took the original one. They were like, Hey, let's make this a little bit better. And I became the Xbox controller S. Now I think the, the main difference. Oh, go ahead. Charles. The main difference looking at the controllers is that the Xbox Duke and the Xbox controller S they moved the black and white buttons from the top to the bottom underneath the yellow, red, blue, green buttons. So they moved them down. So I feel like they made the face a little longer on the controller as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think with the Xbox controller and then going into the 360, I think they just cleaned it up. And made it wireless. I think that's really the big thing. Thousand percent. They added the bumpers on top, which I think was a Mm -hmm. great call. Moving the start buttons uh, to where the Xbox symbol was in the middle, I think was a great idea. Mm -hmm. I actually, I really like the D-pad on here, not as much as Nintendo's D-pad, because it it's a very Sega Genesis D-pad. And the quarter circle motions on it, like going from so a quarter circle is from down 
going down forward and then forward. So from down to down right and then right and rolling your thumb on it. It just feels way more comfortable trying to do it on an NES controller or an SNES controller can feel kind of awkward because your thumb kind of scoots across the flat part of the controller. But going into um, like the Xbox One controller and, you know, going into that like era where they just went to a traditional D-pad, I think the Xbox One controller is the best Xbox controller. I think it is. I, I think the layout looks really sharp and clean. The buttons are super nice. The sticks move really, really nicely. Like I have a wired one, but I want to get a wireless one just because it's such a nice controller. Xbox collectively for me, I got to go. I got to I got to at least because the Duke really shoots it down. If it was just the Duke by itself, it would be really low. But if I'm grouping them together, so I got to be like a seven, seven and a half. Where do you rank it, Tyler? Let me ask you this as well, too. As a question in general sense, and I'll ask Connor this soon as well. Ranking Xbox to PlayStation with how the analog sticks are placed on the controller. Xbox. Which you think Xbox, Xbox had better? Xbox, 100%. Interesting. It's just, it's just for me, like, I have more experience in that layout than mm-hmm. I do because I'm getting more experience because I have a PS4 now. And I'm starting to get the feel and the understanding of like, oh, the sticks being together like this, like I understand it and I get it. But like the layout for me, like Nintendo's controllers, they've always been that way. Mm-hmm. So Connor. fair enough, fair enough for me, uh, just uh, so the Xbox 360 controller, I'll group Xbox all together. But for me, the Xbox 360 controller and it's all nostalgia. It's all my opinion. You know, you guys can get at me and yell at me for my opinion, but. For me, the Xbox 360 is the pinnacle, uh, just look-wise, nostalgia-wise, and also just feeling-wise as well. I, I agree that the uh, analog stick placement does work better than the PlayStation 1, so for me, that's a 10 out of 10. But if we are going all together with the Xbox, because that Duke one is not great, um, probably a, an eight, probably an 8 out of 10. It's ugly, uh, maybe a 7.5, but I would probably give it more of an eight. And that's just because the Xbox purely because of the controller, Duke. I would it, say purely yeah, because the of the Duke controller. And, and to me, it looks terrible. And I mean, even feeling wise, that just looks way too chonky for me. Yeah. So and that makes it go down a lot. But uh, overall, probably an eight, seven point five. But Charles, again, Xbox 360, personal favorite. Charles, where you at? Yeah. Um, personally, the analog sticks being where they are in the Xbox controller, it's not my favorite. I still prefer PlayStation. However, Xbox 360, just the feel and how thick the controller was, it, I think, feels the best in the hands rather than PlayStation kind of thin. It's mainly, I think, for smaller hands, Xbox 360 is is it's got it's got some thickness to it Mm. it feels right and it's got more curves it just looks really clean like everyone said so i'm gonna agree with connor xbox 360 is definitely the og um probably Mm -hmm. spent most of my life playing video games on the xbox 360 controller yep however 
it's not my favorite preference in the analog sticks now, but you know what? Solid eight and a half, nine out of 10 for Xbox series, okay. for Xbox controllers okay. overall. So you actually ranked it higher than both Connor and I. Cause I, I said, I said a soft, mm-hmm. I said a solid eight and it's purely because of the Duke controller. Like that's yeah, it. Right. And that's well, same I as personally, well. I personally had never, I, I started playing Xbox when the 360 came okay, out. Okay, so you I were 360 had... era. So that Same makes, that makes yes. sense. But Same they all jumped from PlayStation 2 to Xbox 360 yep. to PlayStation That's again. exactly how I did it. PlayStation 2 to Xbox 360, and then kind of floating around. Didn't really have games. Yeah. So after. I personally have no experience with the Duke or Xbox I was OG Ninten- controller. Yeah, I, I, was an, <laughs> yeah. I was a Nintendo kid. So all I had, I had Nintendo. I had a 360, but... I mostly use Nintendo. So uh, speaking of which, we're going to go into probably one of the most revolutionary controllers, in my opinion, which would be the Wii remote. That remote and changed the game and nunchuck as well. Ha, right. We can add the game. it. I get you. Got that. Hey. <laughs> no. So the Wii remote for staple, first of its kinds, because it has the motion censored with the Wii remote bar that you could set up on a Wii controller. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, or don't know off the top of your head, the Wii remote came out or the Wii console came out in 2006. Oh. 2006, dude. 2006. That's 17 years ago. The Wii and came out in line 17 to get years it as soon ago. as it came out. I did, well, when did I, I got, I got mine a month after release. I got it for I Christmas because it came yeah. out in November. And then my family got it in December because my grandparents bought it because they saw that they could do bowling at home. And they're like, why would we not play bowling at home? So they just did decided to get one. And- did everyone's like old people in their family get one for them? Because I think my aunt Michelle, sure. who's my dad's aunt. So my, my great aunt got yeah. one. I think she got it for us because mm-hmm. again, same sort of deal. Oh, you can move around. So I mean, I but, piggybacking on what you guys have said i mean just revolutionary in the sense of motion controls there is no motion mm-hmm. controls beforehand and we sports as a whole is the, one of the best-selling games of all time because it came with the uh the Wii. yes charles yeah. you're raising your hand it, well and to piggyback <laughs> off that it's like a little kid Wii. in school Ooh, pick me, pick me. no one can well, see too. To that's what's so good before I lose my thought on this, the Wii remote, looking at it, no other controller has been like this, unless you consider the NES, the NES or SNES. The Wii controller looks like a TV remote mm. in the sense that they wanted to create a controller that is universal in the sense of any age group is familiar with this kind of remote. And so you have this controller that feels great in the hand. It's equipped with a gyroscope, a D-pad, A and B button. It's got a uh, a trigger as well. Infrared sensor is the first of its kind, but it also comes with a strap. And that has saved countless TVs. <laughs> Mine included. Just saying. Oh gosh. Yeah, for those strap. of you for those of you that don't know, so the Wii Remote has wrist straps built into them specifically because 
they didn't want people to actually be throwing their Wii remote. And there's countless, countless videos out there of people shattering TVs with a Wii remote and throwing them through walls and all this kind of stuff because Completely they're not because they're not accident. wearing them. Yeah, man, and it's I, I wasn't no pussy. I wasn't no pussy, man. I didn't wear no strap. Come on, Connor. I, you guys wore the strap. I mean, I did for the first for the first six months. I wore the strap because I was so terrified that my dad would find out I broke a TV (laughs) and like he wouldn't buy me. He wouldn't buy me another one. Like if I broke it, dude, sorry, like you're not getting another one for a long time. So that's a fair point. Yeah. And then and then using the nunchuck on top of that, it was interesting to be able to have two connected controllers Mm. that work interchangeably. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely think like the other thing, too, that um, I don't think a lot of people know is that when you're playing any of the Wii like 2D scrolling Mario games, you can actually turn the controller sideways and it yes. becomes mm-hmm. that just traditional controller. And like they have like you can snap on like certain grips and stuff to give it that controller feel. Um, but I, they I even have think- a they even have a driving controller. That looks like a steering yeah. wheel that I know the a lot of people. Wheel. Yeah. Mario Kart Wii. Familiar. That's what it came Mario with. Kart Wii. You got Mario Kart yes, Wii. Sir. You got that I, uh, steering wheel. I, I, I put the Wii remote as like my top three controllers of all time. Like all time. Because I used this thing for almost every game I played on the Wii. No matter what it was. Even if I could like if I could use the GameCube controller. Because the Wii has a built in GameCube. Some of them do. Not all of them. Um, so I would use the GameCube controller when I could, but if I didn't, I was always using the Wii remote and I actually loved it because playing the sport, Wii sports that came with the Wii felt so fluent when you were playing, it felt comfortable. It felt right. Um, for me, the Wii remote nine and a half, really, it's it's a nine and a half, almost a 10, like almost hitting the 10. What about you, I Connor? Can, I can. So, for Wii Sports only, I I would give it like probably a nine because although actually maybe an eight because there were some problems. It like for me playing the golf uh Wii Sport like it, it would just glitch out. Uh, but again, that's you know the or technology of its time. You could also say that you sucked at it, but no, I was just about to say maybe no. You just hold up, hold up, nah. I I yep. would smoke you guys and. We golf. I'll smoke anyone. We golf. That's a challenge. Bet. Bet. I actually okay. love. I, I love real golf. I'm. I'm all right at real golf. But I suck at real golf, and I'm great at we golf. So. But uh, I will Connor, say I will, though, I will wipe the floor with you. <laughs> we okay. We need it. That, that that's a topic for another time. But um, I will say because I lump both the Wii remote and nunchuck. I would probably give it maybe. Probably a. Uh, just because it's you know the first of its kind, an eight out of ten. Uh, but gameplay with like the Wii remote and Uncheck was kind of rough. I will say in in some games, and some people it, like it. Didn't it and always some people flow don't. together. So yeah, some some uh, people like it and some people don't. Like it, so, it's it's all personal preference because that's why they made the classic yeah. controller for it because some people it, didn't exactly. like it, so they wanted exactly. a classic controller. So Charles, where so. are you at ranking wise with the Wii remote? The Wii remote. <sighs> Holds a special place in my heart because that it does. I had spent a lot of time playing with the Wii Remote. Um, with it being the original 
first of its kinds motion sensor with the nunchuck and everything like that. I would say solid nine, nine out of 10. Okay. All right. And jumping down the list a little bit, um, we already kind of touched on like the dual shock, the Xbox, you know, yeah. uh, one controller. I want to talk about like the next thing to the Wii remote essentially, which is the switch joy cons. Which I think, again, Nintendo once again revolutionizes controllers. And Connor, I want you to, to, to kick it off because you have a Switch. And I have one too, I but like, I, want you, I want you to talk about it and see where, where your mind is on it. For me, what I like is how you can use... What, what, they, what, what uh, the Switch gives you when you initially buy it is the two Joy-Cons, but also a little like... I guess controller as well that you can plug the joy cons into and it connects and it creates one sort of uh, controller. controller. So you could have that controller feeling, but me personally, I kind of like the fact that you can just hold two joy cons in your hand and just play it like that. Or if you just want to play with one joy con, then you could just play with one joy con and you could give that joy con to another person. So the fact that it could go from a one player only controller to a two-player controller honestly is something that you probably wouldn't have thought about but honestly kind of makes a lot of sense and is really smart on nintendo's part so just for that i mean it's it's a nine and a half like almost i i it's almost a 10 just because of how it how it can split apart how diverse it is and how there's so many Mm. different uses as well as I think uh, perfecting the motion controls a little bit more. So for me, it's got to be a nine and a half out of 10. Charles, do you have any type of experience with the joy cons? Like where, where are you at? Very little experience, but the experience I do have, I do have an opinion. The joy con controllers with the switch in general, I think is a great idea. The fact that you have something that small, but so functional in of itself is pretty spectacular. Um, I don't personally have a Nintendo Switch, but if I did, it, I might be playing it a lot more. Um, that goes to say the Joy-Con is just a little too tiny for me. I have relatively larger hands than usual, so the Joy-Con is just a, a little tiny, but it definitely serves a purpose in the fact that it it's natural. It's it, depending if you use the left or right, it still has the same function, same layout, mm. which I think is, is really nice. So with that being said, the Nintendo switch joy con controller, I would probably give it a seven out of 10, oh. just because for me personally, I don't have one. I don't have a switch, but for me personally, the joy, the individual joy cons itself are a little too, too small. There's going to be, there's going to be people I, going for your head, Charles. Yeah. You're, you're going to have a feud. You'll have a I mixture actually. I just, Cause I do, I do hear that a lot, but I think that's an argument in handheld when people are playing handheld and they're like, and that's the only, the only experience I have within it, which is what switch. I'm saying. I'm like sorry. your experience in, in handheld mode, it's like that. The grip isn't very comfortable, which I think is a flaw on Nintendo. Because I think they could have done something maybe slightly differently or had included Mm. some kind of like grip that could have snapped onto the sides of the actual switch. 
But what they do give you is that little controller for that controller feel. And that's me personally, when I'm playing Breath of the Wild. No, no, no. Probably more uh, like maybe Smash Bros. I would mm. I prefer the controller because I prefer that handheld. But if I'm playing Breath of the Wild, I like the free mobility of, you know, moving all over with my hands and arms. You know, Connor is what I, I call I like a kick. That. Connor is what I call a kickback gamer. So yes, like when he plays a game, he's very like he lays down. He's like basically sprawled out. So the Joy Cons for him, he can like have one behind his head while he's playing and like. It's just like he's one of those. He's a kickback. He kickbacks when he plays like I can't do that. I have to be like sitting up. I have to be forward. Like I have to be in a certain position for comfort. Unless it is first person shooters or I'm playing smash against you because then I will sit up because I have to pay attention. And for also first person shooters, it's just more comfortable. I can't be relaxed and play them. My thoughts on the switch joy cons. I own four of them. I own four Joy-Cons and it's a little excessive, Tyler. It's really not. It's really not because that's that's two more than most. The the only reason that I got the extra ones was because Super Mario Party. The only way you can play it is with single Joy-Cons. You cannot use double Joy-Con. You have to use single. And I wanted to play because my sister. She likes Mario Party. She does. It's not like she's not a big video game player. She like she played this old plug and play fashionista game and then played a couple games together. But for the most part, like we played Mario Party together. And I remember I was out in Arizona for the expo and we all decided to play Mario Party. And I brought my switch with me and I had the extra joy cons and like you're able to essentially have four controllers at any point in time when you have the joy cons with you. You have the access to four player gameplay anywhere you go. Which I think is like revolutionary in a sense, because I'll go to the airport and I bring my switch with me in the airport because it's something like one thing. on a two hour flight. Yeah, I can kill two hours with a story driven game like I do the Phoenix Rice Ace Attorney games. I do um, Professor Layton's puzzle solving games. You know, I play Tetris on the plane, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I've also seen like people will like be looking over my shoulder and I'll put up Mario Kart and I'll notice them like looking and I'll give them a Joy-Con and they just start playing with me, which is cool. Like just in the airport, like it's just I I think it's just a super cool thing. I also like that the Joy-Cons are also Bluetooth, so you can use Mm -hmm. them on other devices. So I, I think that's another thing. Well, like, of course, you can do the same thing with the PS4, like you can make that debate. But I think the travel size, the travel size of it is really what brings it to the top for me. It's like, it's really nice. Yeah, I'll definitely agree. I think Nintendo definitely reinvented themselves with the Nintendo Switch and the fact that you can play it just about anywhere. Almost anywhere. Almost. I will say the two biggest things with it is the battery life. The battery life is a tough thing, especially if you bought the first generation of Switch, which is what I have. The battery life is not amazing. You have to play it on a low bright, like low brighter setting. So below 50% to like save the battery and the Joy-Con drift, which was a whole dilemma because the parts inside of it, fairly cheap. They're not, you know, they're not like the worst. 
There's definitely worse out there. And we could go into a whole debate on third-party controllers. But with the Switch Joy-Con drift issue, it was bad. And it got to a point where Nintendo was like, we screwed up. Like, we, we knew about this and we still sold it. And so they did the program where you could send in your Joy-Con and they would either fix it or replace it. Nine times out of ten, they replaced it. And I actually had to do that twice because two of the Joy-Cons I got both had drift and it made the games harder to play. Stick drift sucks. Yeah. I, I mean, with any controller, it sucks. But like the fact Nintendo was yeah. like, yeah, put it in the mail, ship it to us. We'll test it. Make sure, you know, make sure that, you know, it's if the drift is fixable, we'll fix the controller. If it's not fixable, we're just going to send you. So I have that. Uh, my ranking overall for the for the Joy Cons, it's an it's it's uh, it would be a nine and a half, but with those two big fatal flaws, it bumps it down to an eight, eight and a half, and that's <laughs> that's really just really me trying to give it a lot more credit. Now the pro con- the pro controller, the pro controller on the Switch is a really good controller but it's also an 8 out of 10 because of the same issues stick drift for some reason nintendo controllers have a serious stick drift issue with their newest console so but yeah i mean um other than that i mean that's pretty much the run through of everything uh what would you guys say give me your top two controllers of all time top two specific controllers has to be specific my first one has to be the Wii Remote. Has to. I, I spent so much time on the Wii Remote that, you know, games that influenced me had a lot of motion controls. Some of them were not great, but a lot of them were really cool. So the first one for me is the Wii Remote. No particular order, just your top two. So, Connor, what do you got? Uh, for me... I would say the Xbox 360 controller. I already said that it's my favorite. And again, mostly nostalgia purposes. Yeah. Uh, but second, I, I got to say just for how. How it's changed, how I've played the switch, probably the joy cons. I, I really like the. Just I, I like how it's separate. I, I like that yeah. separateness. That's something that mm-hmm. I really like about it. Charles. For me. Yeah. Um, I would put. GameCube up there just because how the feel of the GameCube controller is. Yep. There's not really anything that's comparable to the that's GameCube my, controller, yeah, especially left my, and right triggers. That's my other one. I totally agree yeah. with you. There's nothing like the feeling of the GameCube controller. Yep. And well, like we said, these are our personal top twos. Um, and then the second for me, I would say is the current PlayStation 5 slash PlayStation 4 controllers. The fact that those just are ergonomic you got the two analog sticks right next to each other and they have that little trackpad function that you can use for motion touch um that those controllers are in my personal opinion the most comfortable feel um they feel nice in the hand and so i gotta say those those are my top two slash three well thank you guys um check us out in the geek freaks discord we're actually going to be opening up a channel for our podcast specifically for who's got next game let us know in the general chat or even in our specific channel 
let us know what your favorite controllers are, what you like about them, what your opinions are. Uh, you know, just give Charles a hard time about not ranking the Joy-Con super high. Um, so, Connor, anything else you want to add? Um, what I will add is that, you know, we, we're really enjoying doing this and, you know, we're going to be talking a lot about a lot more things, but I, I really like, you know, looking back at all the different controllers and just seeing how some things have remained, but also how some things have changed. Uh, you know, looking at, for me, looking at PS4, it's just, or the PS controllers, it's just amazing how similar they all are and how PlayStation kind of nailed it the first time. I've just been doing tweaks ever since. All right. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you at the next episode. Look forward to episode three. Peace. Later.